This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast. I got to figure out how to get through this thing, man, because it seems like it's been a while since we've recorded. But... We brought some good energy with us today. We've got Mr. Adam Bowe, who is the CEO and co-founder of Cake. And I'm not talking about cake that I like to eat in large quantities. I'm talking about Cake, the online platform, marketplace, venue, exchange, whatever you want to call it for transacting acquisition business of insurance agencies, insurance books of business, pieces of agencies, pieces of books of business. This guy has developed a product that is going to make it very easy for every single one of us to maximize our net worth on our own balance sheets because it changes the way the game is played if you're looking to acquire or you're looking to divest. So, No pressure, Adam. I mean, (laughs) we're just going to change a bunch of people's lives with cake out there and the course of their family tree for generations to come. So how's it going? (laughs) Man, that's the goal. It's going well. Happy to happy to be here. Uh, It's it's hard to have a bad day when I get to spend a little bit of it with you, too. Oh, thanks, man. (laughs) So so listen. Probably I got to believe like one of the number one questions I'm going to ask you, and I'll be honest if I'm if, if, if I was thinking correctly or not. What's the most frequently asked question that you get when people people meet you the first time? Yeah, why cake? Why did you name it cake? Yeah, yeah. Why did you name it's it? Exactly. Cake? Yeah. That is exactly what I was going to say. Let's go ahead. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Why did you call? Why did you call it cake? And then we can focus on the other stuff. So, uh, and apologies about my my dog. She doesn't usually bark, but uh, you know, if we get a, a few a few audio uh, jump ins, then we. We'll I cut honestly it out thought it was one of your kids with a sheet over their head, like <laughs> it's a ghost or something. Man, yeah. I, I had no idea what it was, but you're good. No, so uh, so my my first job out of college was a company called Big Ass Fans, and I, ever since then, hey, what you, you guys know, go, do? <laughs> yeah, we sold, we sold Big Ass Fans, but ever ever since then, man, like you, like I was a cold caller and trying to get past receptionists like they'd be like no you can't talk to them right but we had these like foam donkeys and i'd be like ma'am i'm you know i'm so sorry like i just need to talk to to dave right uh and i really want to let him squeeze my ass and i'd pull up the foam donkey right and and then and she thought that was like hilarious right and so like the name itself right you need to bring in on drops yeah, man, you had to you had to be you had to be creative as a cold caller, but then you'd go to like conferences and stuff, and people wanted to talk to you because you were big ass fans. And so it's just like, man, having that name, that that kind of cool, you know, uh, off center name, it it stuck with me. And so cake, you know, we look at a book of business, we can sell the full book of business, right, or we can sell slices. But also cake is a, a celebratory moment. So someone maximizing their value their value by selling that full book, right? Or someone actually choosing to grow and having that strategic growth moment, right? Like cake is, is you have that at each point of your life where there's a celebration. And that's like kind of the feeling that we want to bottle for an agent 
whether they're on the buy side or the sell side. So I needed a fun name, right? And, and you know, after slicing and dicing and, and picking out like how we were going to do the books, Kate kind of led the way on, on, on finding a, a good name there. Coming soon from Adam Bow Enterprises, Champagne. That's I mean, that'll, right. be the, that'll be the next one. Taking <laughs> no, I mean, it, it makes sense, man. And I mean, I think um, obviously, pie insurance took pie. That could have been a that could have been a different, yeah, slice of you know, pie, different yeah. angle. But I mean, I, I think it's interesting because it's short, one word sticks. People are going to at least be like, "Oh, the cake guy. What's the cake guy do?" Well, actually, it's interesting. I, I think you can have a decent conversation around it and everything else. But I mean, this thing can go as cakes can into layers, right? Like this thing mm-hmm. can go several layers deep. You know, the, I think that- Go ahead and unpack it. Yeah, I'm just unpacking like crazy over here. Just Johnny unpack. Um, but most of us are used to people calling the agencies right now, trying to hammer us to let them at least have an exploration call to talk about how much money we could make if we sell our agency. And a lot of us have friends who have sold. Like I've got many friends at this point who have exited their agencies, made multiple millions of dollars doing it, and are perfectly happy doing that. That's not who I am, man. Like I, I just don't, I don't see. Even if I were to sell the agency, and I understand that it's easy for me to say that right now, but I, I don't know that I would change, man. I've always thought this way about if I win the lottery. And everything else, like I, I have to stay busy. Like I I've got to do something. So even well, if even if it wasn't the agency, there would be something else that I would go do. So because of the fact that I I want to stay involved, I really haven't like looked at my exit seriously at all. Not not even a little bit, to be honest with you. I'm preparing everything for the time when that comes. But due to the way that my agency set up, you know. I'm either going to perpetuate through the people that are here that are not that are, you know that are not going to exit when I do, or I will set them up to where if we grow the agency to a good number and we get a great multiple on exit, everybody makes a, a fortune, right? Yeah. I, because I want my team to benefit from that, and I can I talk about it to them. I talk about it on the podcast. There's plenty of record of me letting everybody know exactly what my intentions are and I'll, I'll never change them, but I just, I want to make sure that, that they always know, you know, this isn't something that happened overnight, but the way that we looked at doing it is instead of trying to figure out like, um, like a partners, like a, a straight partnership deal kind of a thing. I've been talking with Carrie Wallace about this instead of, of looking at it that way, just taking a slice of the agency, whatever that percentage is, and allow that to be owned by the employees via ESOP so they can begin to build their asset. And that also gives them the ability to leverage that for funding to buy me out through distribution down the road if I just want them to perpetuate the agency and keep it running. Otherwise, if they don't, then obviously they would get the same valuation I would get and they would have a nice chunk of change to, you know, a little walking around money in the event yeah. that, that an exit exit does happen. But the last thing, last thing I'm going to do is ever leave the people hanging out to dry that helped me build the agency, right? Well, so I, th- I think that's like the my favorite thing about getting into insurance and talking to agents, right? Is that if you're pitching InsureTech and you say uh, this technology will allow you to replace one of your workers, right? Not going to work. They're, they're not buying that, right? But if you say this technology will free up time and make your your existing workers more effective, right, for them to be 100%. able to, to grow and take on the next thing, that is going to work, right? And so the the value of like looking about like the the care that agents have for their teams for their insured, right? Uh, and I, I think that's where like that's where Cake wants to fit in is that we're not going to replace PE acquisition. We're not going to replace you know the hubs and the acquisitions. I think those are like great options for some folks, right? But what we want to do is be another option, a, a, a third option that says, hey, if you want to sell and still get really great, maximize your value, right? But sell to an, another independent agent, right? That's going to treat your team. Or treat your your you know the insured your customers um, like you do, 
then here's an option. So we want we want agents to play both sides of that. And I think, you know, you, you've built it right. You've got your your sons in there, right? Like on the team, you've also got team that's that's similar to family, but you know, some agents don't don't have that that family member that's willing to take over. And I think, you know, the this is the ideal marketplace to allow them to to have to, to be able to scratch that similar emotional itch, but sell outside of their team. Right, sell to another agent that's going to uh, treat their book, treat their their employees like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, so hold on, hold on one second, yeah, real quick, ahead. and then I'll let you roll, Kyle. But like, literally, you walked right to where I wanted you to go. Like, I <laughs> yeah. I literally I opened the door and with zero practice or coaching, you went exactly in the direction I was hoping you were going to go, and, and and that direction is. I think that there are a lot of people out there because of how close knit we are in our agencies, because we are truly small businesses for the most part. You do have a close relationship, a close working relationship with your team. It does have more of a family feel to it. And because of that, I do feel like there are a lot of agents out there that are not, even though that might be a really good move for them to go ahead and look at their exit right now or whatever else, they don't want to sell to private equity. They don't want to sell to institutional lending because they don't want to see anything negative happen to the family, right? And so yeah. if it, it's always more, it's always a softer approach or perceived at least, in my opinion, for you to sell to another independent that's going to be in the business for the foreseeable future. And then it's not going to upset anything. It's not going to, it's not going to rock the boat too much. And I think that that, I think that provides you with a huge opportunity. A couple of years ago, we had Joe Clevenger on the podcast and he had been making some acquisitions on some, you know, books of business and smaller agencies in, in all, you know, different parts of the country, but Joe's from, from Indiana. And, you know, when I asked him, what's your strategy, man, how do you go about doing it? His response was, I look for the oldest guys in the room when I go to conferences and I sit at their tables yeah. for lunch and I make friends with them. And over time, as they're ready to exit, I end up being able to get an opportunity to buy a book from them because they know who I am, what I'm about, and all of that stuff. That's one way, but not everybody has the time, patience, or even the the ability to be geographically where they need to be to take that approach. So you take literally almost every barrier down that I can think of. To, for somebody to look at buying books of business to actually you know make offers and buy books of business or agencies or even pieces of it and the, I think one of the most intriguing parts is that you don't even have to buy somebody's entire book you can just go in and buy a slice of a book which yeah. may just be you know one carrier's worth of business so I just I wanted to 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 bring all of that back together that I do think that with the way that we're set up in our agencies this makes it a lot more attractive now the question becomes, how do you get that person who may or may not be technologically forward thinking to go on to an online, you know, an online warehouse for lack of a better term, an exchange marketplace, whatever we want to call it to list or to buy. So that, yeah. that would be my one concern. Yeah. And I think, you know, Kyle, I, I want to come back to, to your comment in a second, but I, I think the way, you know, we, we've had practice. So the team came from a, a manufacturing marketplace. We were attaching, uh, you know, pretty high in technology to uh, to manufacturing. And, and it's a similar uh, demographic, right? You have a ton of agents that are forward thinking. You have a ton of manufacturers that are thinking about their tech stack. You also have some old school guys and girls, right? And so what we've done is one, we've we've simplified the the onboarding, right? Like we're, we need, you know, six to, to eight pieces of information to solve that discovery piece, right? We're talking line of business, carrier, state, total premium, we can get into loss ratio and retention score if you have those details available, but really it's like policies enforcing customers, right? That that helps bring those, those two agents together because on the buy side, that's enough information for you to kind of quickly say, I want more information or you know, doesn't doesn't fit what I'm after, right? Then we can get into we've got a, a private deal room where it's it's NDA locked and and that that provides that security and trust because the agents that are selling, if they don't have that relationship uh, that you were kind of talking about on like the personal side, right? They don't totally want to be known that they're selling, right? And so all listings are only tied to your username. They're not tied to your like agency name or your personal name, right? 
Um, and then when we get into more details, when we're starting to share like book report details or carrier downloads, right? Um, that's when we're in the deal room, everything's NDA locked and there's, there's a little bit more security there. And, you know, I, I think what we're, what we're trying to do is replicate that, um, that personal relationship development side, because like ultimately, and, and these are some tools that I can talk about that are, are coming very soon, but, you know, ultimately what we're, what we don't want to do is, is compete with the guy that has developed those relationships over time. I, I think that they actually still need um, a, a marketplace or some tools to ensure that they're they're handling everything correctly, right? Like that we've got all the legal I's and T's dotted and crossed, right? That we've got a valuation tool to be able to make sure that we're speaking the same language on that valuation to help with a place or a repository to drop in um, you know, policy level details, right. For the book migration, those are all things that like big MA teams have. Right. And when you've got a, a single agent, that's an owner of an agency. So they're, they're a small business owner. They've got all types of, de- you know, issues going on there or tasks to do, uh, that comes with that. They're probably a producer. And then now you're asking them to run an MA team. That's a lot of hats to wear. And so we just want to make that are more effective and efficient and and ultimately that process be more of a celebration, less of a hassle. For sure. I, I don't know that what I had before was even relevant anymore. Um, I think I was, <laughs> like we've, we've gone down a different road. I think it was just, you had talked about how, um, you, you know, introducing a technology and it, it, it'll replace an employee and, you know, maybe that might not register with somebody. It was similar to, I had, I had to go, you know, I, I had to fight that objection every day when I was selling the the PEO stuff because they'd be like, well, that's going to get rid of my job if you guys yeah. come in and do all the admin. So they're like, no, dude, we still need somebody to, you know, to run the ship, right? Um, so it, it just kind of drew that that parallel in my brain. But talk about some of these tools that you just mentioned that are coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, r- the way the the platform's set up right now, you can you can create and list slices, Right. Um, you get, we actually have our, our book valuation tool, um, in demo on, on the platform and it's a machine learning powered book valuation tool. Uh, Dave, Dave touched on Carrie Wallace earlier. Um, she's a, a strategic partner of cake and is involved in the project. And what we've kind of worked with her and some of the other valuation experts on is ingesting their, their manual process of valuation, evaluating these books but also like layering in a ton of the the industry data that's that's available, right? And started to standardize and provide a, a valuation that gets down to like a carrier, a line of business in a state, right? So like really, really uh, boutique valuations based on the makeup of your book. And we can give you a low, a median and a high valuation for that slice, right? Now that's a, it's a swag because we're not asking a lot of details that that go into it, right? Again, we're we're giving you an idea of the valuation of your your slice with like six to seven data points, right? So really quick, really easy, and it's all data points that that agents know off the top of their heads. But then, if you want that dollars and cents valuation, that's where our strategic partnership with Carrie comes in, and we can actually make that process a lot faster and easier by gathering the data that we've already gathered upfront, right? So what she does is kind of like art and science. And we're we're starting to build out a more robust science piece to allow for that art piece to be kind of the main, the main you know, portion there. Um, so you can value, you can list, right? You can engage with buyers in a private chat. Uh, and then you can also go into that deal room. Now some of the products that are coming soon is a buyer profile, right? And that buyer profile is where we start to allow for that non-compete with the the kind of existing way of agent-to-agent sales, right? Right now, you go out and you develop that relationship or you send out a bunch of emails or you go to conferences in glad hand, right? Uh, And we don't want to uh, introduce, if you've already found your seller and if if you're a seller and you've already found the person you want to buy with, you know, that we don't want to introduce any sort of competition in that setting if you're comfortable with what you've netted out. What we want to do is add structure there. So uh, that's, again, we can drop you straight into the deal room, right? We can layer in some of our legal and accounting resources, and we can guide you through like what these deals typically look like, because there's a vast kind of spread of experience uh, on the agent level of folks that have done 
you know, three to five acquisitions, right? And then folks that are exploring their first acquisition. And, you know, it's a big, big purchase. And so we want to make sure that this isn't something you you live to regret if it like had all the 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 makings of a good transaction, but it you stubbed your toe a few times a few times on kind of a, a new process that that you were, you know, not used to, right? It's a it's a big kind of complicated area. And so us being able to provide those tools to 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 add some structure to that deal. Um, I think that's a, a additional way that we can work with agents. And and that's that's really what we're we're looking to do, right? Is just make it as easy and as efficient for agent to sell to agent. And whether that's a full book, a full agency, or a slice of a book, right? We want to make that that transaction itself really, 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 really tight. Well, I think too, you know, there's probably some people, not probably, I can about guarantee you, there are some people sitting out there right now thinking to themselves, but Adam... Why would I want to just buy a piece of somebody's book of business? Why wouldn't I buy the whole thing? Or why wouldn't I buy the whole agency? Where's the real appeal there? And if it's not for the whole thing, how are you even able to make enough money to make this worth your while? Where are you trying to screw me with hidden fees, Adam? I mean, you know, that's that's really where it ends up going. But I mean, yeah. I, I think one of the things that really makes Cake such a cool platform is the fact that you can really just buy down just like you could truthfully, if somebody listed just a handful of accounts in their book of business and you happen to want just that handful of accounts, you can go do it. So why, why do you, why do you want to give people that flexibility? And then yeah. depending on how, how you answer, I may throw my two cents. In. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I think it can be like, there's, there's a guy on the platform that says, if you have a single surety policy, right, he'll buy it and, and then set up a, this is kind of outside of our flow, but set up kind of a boutique relationship where if you get any more surety business coming your way, right, there's a little bit of a finder's fee. And, and I think, you know, part of it, uh, Dave, one, one approach is um, it's a niche, right? So you have, you have uh, agents that are within their main street agents. They've got a buddy in town that has a commercial trucking business, right? So they, they take on his business. Well, they're they're not really set up to to service commercial trucking, and and they don't have kind of automated COI access, right? Like, um, it, it's just things that that become a a burden for them. And the the uh, the premium looks good, right? The commission rate looks good on that, but over time, it's an operationally heavy kind of piece to to service, right? Well, you've also got agents that specialize in commercial trucking, right? Specialize in in DNO, right? And so you can actually find and 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 sell a piece of your book that's a that's a niche that doesn't fit your strategy. And then for someone that that why they'd want to buy that, well, that's a niche that that you're incredible at, right? So you might have better rates, better service, better coverage. You also might be in the money with that carrier, right? And so you're buying that premium for for dimes on the dollar because of your boosted commission rate or your profit sharing, right? And and then you get into the like that in the money piece. If it's Q4 and I'm a hundred thousand dollars away in premium for getting into uh you know where I want I want to be within the profit sharing, well, it might make sense for you to buy a hundred thousand dollar book of premium in, with that carrier, right? And so I I think that you know while we don't I don't necessarily want to push slices, right? I don't I don't think that they're any better or worse than full book buys. I think that that flexibility is something that agents deserve, right? You guys are entrepreneurs or small business owners, and you should be able to to own and operate your business how you want to. I think from my perspective, it really boils down to, I mean, all of those are are good and valid reasons. I think the one that probably most agents should be looking at or just paying attention to at a bare minimum is the, is how it affects profit sharing. Not 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 just from volume, you can buy down your loss ratio because if you pick up a book that's got clean losses and you're running a little hotter than you would normally mm -hmm. run, you may be able to buy that book and buy down your loss ratio to the point that you qualify for more money at uh, profit sharing and offset, if not, you know, replace the money you spent to buy the slice. 
Same thing holds true with volume. You know, I may, I may have a carrier that's just, you know, they're not one of our strong carriers. They're not somebody that we, we run into business, you know, that they're going to write on a regular basis. And so um, I need to get rid of that. You know, I, I'm probably going to go ahead and I'm going to terminate my contract rather than me, you know, have that business continue to sit here and and get paid out, you know, on a legacy account with a carrier I don't represent anymore because I don't really have anywhere else to go. Maybe I monetize that one time, get it out and, and move on to the next thing and have a clean break. Or, you know, I'm in a situation where I could be just barely off from hitting that next contingency level yeah. in volume. You know, and I buy it into a higher one. And I, I think too, like there's a lot of there's a lot of scenarios, right? So maybe I make an acquisition, I buy a full agency, right? But it's a carrier, like you said, five percent of it's a carrier I don't really want to mess with, right? Or it's a line of business that I'm interested in, or a state, or whatever the area is, right? But you could make a full acquisition and then turn around and sell that slice, right? And so uh, it, it doesn't, it just provides an added layer of flexibility to agents that um, I think is, is needed. And, and I think too, like you were talking about uh, that, the carrier relationships, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of carriers kind of either pull out of markets or, or, you know, change their structure and within markets. Right. And I think giving agents some power in that relationship, because it's ultimately a partnership, right. It's a relationship between that agent and the carrier giving them the the ability to maximize or, or kind of strategically organize their book around a carrier, right? And maybe you book roll, but 10% of it, you couldn't bring over to that new carrier, right? That 10%, that's something you could slice off. So again, you know, I think there's a lot of different areas where a slice makes sense. And we, we want to be able to structure a deal, however it makes best sense between the buyer and the seller. You would think the carriers would put in some sort of limitation on like books being bought Q4 to jump up to the next level. Like they would have to start figuring think, that out. Like if I think maybe they they will eventually, right? Yeah. Um, I I tell you right now, I I don't know that they're. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear how many carrier reps are are listening to this, but uh, I don't know how quickly they move on something right. like this, and sure. and. So I think that there's a, at least a right now, there, there isn't really a lot of um, barriers for something like that. Right. And I think that we're, we're constantly going to be on, on the side of our buyers and sellers, which are agents. Right. And so we'll, we'll change and adapt as, as that, you know, if that takes place. Um, but yeah, you know, it'd be really interesting to see how carriers react. Cause I also think carriers, like, you know, ultimately there's 17% of agents are 66 or older, right? And 40% of agencies expect to change hands in the next five years. And so my my kind of like tagline with a lot of folks that aren't agents, right, is th these transactions are going to happen, right? Like the, they're, they're going to have a lot of retirements. You're going to have a lot of agencies changing hands. And so it, it's just, it's whether it happens on a kind of a, a standardized flow and, and on a platform that can build the tools that that helps with that, right? Or it they just happen kind of in the wild, wild west. And and I think with carriers, it becomes really interesting. Like, you know, what if an agent raises his hand it's one of your best agents that needs to sell in that market, right? Well, carriers should want to be able to say, hey, these 20 agents have to take a look at that book or should take a look at that book because it fits their business really well and that's premium we want to keep in house so i've talked to like a few like market reps for 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 carriers and they're they're keeping an eye on this because they want their their agents to win as well especially the ones that have a good relationship with so i think ultimately it could be a, a quad win right a win 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 uh buyer wins seller wins insured wins and carrier wins because the policy ends up with the carrier or the the agent that's best set up to be successful with that right and so the carrier's happy the customer's happy and both agents are happy what's been the biggest challenge man getting things on track to where you're headed and where you want to go data um yeah data so like you know i think we're uh, and a lot of people talk about data but you know, i think what what we're um 
where we're trying to be right is super easy for for sellers to onboard while also like respecting buyers times and energy and effort right so it's it's quality data that's on the platform and and i think the uh you know carrier reports right they they come in a lot of different uh formats from the different carriers right the ams systems it's hard to get data out of it and so uh, right now, there's a ton of operational lift, at, you know, on that end. Um, I kind of prefer it that way because that allows me to get my arms around the problem. And then, you know, people don't have to tell me what's hard. I can see what's hard. And then you can start to build products for the things that you can automate. Right. And then just say that's going to take a little bit more white glove service in the future. But yeah, I think, you know, it's it's data. It's also and and this is, a I think, a good thing. Uh, it's earning the seller's uh, trust, right? Like uh, we're new to the industry and um, and ultimately the sellers are, are selling their babies, right? Or a portion uh, of something that, that they've got a lot of self-worth tied up in and, and, you know, a lot of time, energy and effort tied up in. And so I'm, I'm working really hard to get the message out there and also just allow people to, to see me face to face, right? But know that like we're on the agents team and we're, we're building this for agents to play both roles. And so I think it'll take a little bit of time to, to get the seller's trust, but we've already had some, some cool moments where like people have posted in Facebook groups, like, where do I sell a, a piece of my business? Right. And, and I was just in posted, one of those threads, man. I was just in yeah. one of those threads over the weekend um, in, in IAOA and yeah. posted that you guys, we were, Cake's just getting ready to take the industry by storm. May not have heard of them yet, but probably need to check it out. Um, let me ask you this, man. I think this is just a couple of random observations. Number mm -hmm. one, I've said it a bunch. I'm a tweener. I'm not the old guard. I'm not the new guard. I'm not as young as you and Kyle, but I'm not also not as old as my parents. So that's how I view myself. I'm somewhere in between. I'm probably more forward thinking from a tech standpoint, I would think, than the average than my average peer. Not that I'm bragging about that. I'm not saying I know more about tech and that I'm a smarter tech person. I just think that I see its use in application and I'm willing to take a chance on it more so than somebody else that's probably sitting in my chair at my age. Because of that, I don't think that I'm a tough sell. You know, I don't think that I'm difficult for you to get me to to jump on board to to list something, to buy something through the platform. And, you know, I, I get your point. I know exactly what you're saying. It's their baby. This is something people have built. But what about people's houses? You can buy mm -hmm. and sell those online now. What about their vehicles? You got companies like Carvana where you don't even go test drive it or anything. You literally just go online, buy it, transactions done. Or, you know, the places that'll buy your car from you and you sell it to them sight unseen. They come get it and it's gone. There's a subset of our population that's already handling major business transactions online through channels very similar to what Cake's going to do in the independent channel. So I don't think that there's necessarily an issue with the concept of conducting a transaction like that. There shouldn't be. I mean, we literally can do about anything at all electronically at this point, right? I guess the, the, the question I have, and, you know, when you and I were talking about my involvement you know, with cake, one of the, I wouldn't say it was a concern from a, a negative standpoint. I would just say an item to address is probably a better term is, you know, what are we, what are we doing from an education standpoint? What are we doing to ease these people's minds in what they're doing? You know, it, it's one thing to have an FAQ on cake itself in the process mm -hmm. of getting something listed, buying or whatever else. But I know who you have involved in this project with you, and you've got a lot of people that have the ability who have been there, done that with Carrie Wallace leading, you know, leading the parade that are really valuable resources to these agents that can, can guide them through the process and, and, and give them, you know, that advice. So, I mean, I, I guess where I'm going with it is like anything else that's a technology product today. The, the idea is we're not here to replace human interaction and experience. We're here to enhance mm -hmm. it. Yeah. We're here to make it to where those people work better. And I think cakes the same way. I do think that, you know, it's a slick online platform. I think that you can really, 
path of least resistance, make an acquisition or have an acquisition happen to you. But I also don't think in your philosophy, in the culture and in the way things are set up, that it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, this is one of those websites you go to. We're going to have a few buttons you can click, maybe a chat bot that's going to do a, a marginal job of pulling keywords out of your question that's still just going to link you back to something in our FAQ. I mean, we've talked about this. You're talking about doing educational webinars. Mm-hmm. You're talking about having you know like a, a video journey for people so they can just get those basic questions answered and get the comfort level they need to take the next step in the transaction. And I think it's really important for us to let everybody listening to this know that it's not just a hundred percent all automated, you yeah. know, computer deal. If if you need help, if you have a question, we understand the 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 gravity of what you're doing here. We would never put you in a position to have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. You said it best, man. And and I think the the best way that I I can, or the, I guess the the North Star that we're driving towards, right, is we're a conduit for the agents that have been there and done that and that have that advice, right? Like we bring some of that, right? And, and it's more process flow education, right? But from the agent's perspective and from the, the folks like Carrie Wallace, who isn't an agent, but is sitting, you know, with agents on that side of the table, that we want to be a conduit and a platform to highlight that education, right? And so that's stuff that that we're working on. But it's also it gets down to, I mean, you were you were touching on like the culture, right? Like it gets down to like the details of like who we're talking to. Um, you know, ultimately we would like to have lenders in here, and we've talked to a, a few banks, right? That, but it's not any bank that'll take our call, right? It's banks that do business with insurance agents. Yeah, it's right? like your, and, your Westfields, your Oak street, live Oak, all of those yeah, guys, I mean, there's and, a bunch of them out there. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's making sure that everyone that touches this process understands the intricacies of an independent insurance agent. Right. And, and so we're not bringing, you know, bastardized tech from, from other industries. It's all geared towards the, the independent agent. And then also we're building that scaffolding, like you said, to facilitate those deals and those human interactions in a trusted, secured, and more efficient manner. Well, I look at it like this, man. You know, Kevin, we had Kevin Ring from the Institute of Work Comp Professionals on the podcast several times. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about when we were doing our our shop talk series with him was just the fact that when somebody gets injured at work and has to file a worker's comp claim most of the time. Like, I think I want to say Kyle, he said it was like 90%, like in the nineties, 87%. It might've been been 93%. Yeah. Some, it was some incredibly huge, but oddly specific um, percent that it was the first time that that person ever had been injured at work, ever had an injury. They have no idea what the process looks like. They have no idea what their responsibilities are. They don't have any res- idea what their employer's responsibilities are. They don't know how much out of pocket they're going to have. And I mean, if you think about it, if you if you had a, a, a somewhat like not life threatening, but a, a serious enough injury that it was going to cost 10000 or more in medical bills for you to get fixed, you'd probably start freaking out a little bit if you didn't have somebody at the agency level or your employer level or both throw in the carrier too that says hey we understand this is probably stressful for you this has likely never happened to you before but we want you to know this is not the first time this has happened to us and it's our job to make sure that you come through this thing and we get you back to your family in the same condition that you were in before you were injured and if we can't do that at least get you as close as we can and the system is set up to make sure that happens I think that messaging needs to happen with cake because I think you're, I think your best opportunities, at least in my mind, I think about it. We've got the established pros. We don't, we don't need to teach them. They get it. We just need to tell them to play nice with everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. But you've got a whole bunch of people that have, have probably got a great opportunity in front of them, but they've never sold a book before or for people who are, are growing their agency and they want to look at acquisitions, never bought a book, never bought a slice, never bought an agency. And they just don't even know what to what to expect, where to start, any of that stuff. And to me, that's a golden opportunity because yeah. 
these people aren't going to go like number one. I don't think that the average agent out there really enjoys dealing with venture capital. I think that they deal <laughs> with venture they... capital because the multiples make them willing to deal with venture capital. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I can tell you, I've said this, you know, I know my friend Mike Stromzo did this, but we, you know, when, when my exit comes, I kind of just want to exit. Like, I don't want to have to have an earn out. I don't want to have to work for somebody else in the building that I worked in for the last several yeah. years while I built my agency. <laughs> I actually have said that I would take less money as a multiple if I could just walk away. Yeah. And not have to deal with anything because for me, it's not worth it to stick around. You know, I want to get it's on with living the, the rest of my you're life. Doing. It's like right. You, I want to just go do 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 life at we that. Go hang out in Key West and take yeah. sport shots and root beer barrels. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this this makes way more sense to me to do in a virtual space than Carvana. Like Carvana. Yeah. If I'm buying a car, I want to go and touch it, feel it, see it. See what does it smell like? Like. It's a it's a physical, tangible thing. Same thing with a house. I'm not going to buy a house without going and walking through the place and, and taking a look at it. And because I mean, you can see pictures, but like that doesn't always do it justice. But this makes a lot more sense to me because it's not something necessarily tangible, um, you, you know, that that you're purchasing. Yeah, and I think you know what uh, you know, Dave Dave brought up a great point. I mean, Dave, right now, like if you sign up for an account on Cake. Um, my my head of customer success is making contact with you in three minutes, right? And it's what questions do you have? So we're not like come on, right? And and create a slice like all digital, right? It's like, hey, do you do you want to buy? Do you want to sell? Do you want to get a valuation? Right? This is how you can do that. I've spent all last week. We've got three sellers on online right now, right? I spent all last week kind of working through their data with them, right? And so, and we're we're connecting uh, two of them with Carrie Wallace this week. And so, you know, we're uh, I would say like you have starts and stops there on on the ability like as you scale that becomes more and more painful because there's only more you know so much time in the day. But we never foresee a future where there's like no white glove service, no people touch in this, right? What we just want to do is make it those pieces more, I guess, more like effective, right? Like, you know what you're talking about in that meeting with that person, with that representative from Cake, because it's been easy to get your data and to to see it in a place with a valuation or report, you have kind of an idea of where that's going, right? So instead of this unknown, right, you you kind of know what you're talking about. And so we make those moments we remove friction from them and we make them more efficient. And and like I said, more celebratory because ultimately this is a celebration, right? You're just talking about your why uh, you get to, you get to drop the rope and head on down to Key West. Right. And and everyone else kind of has a why of, of why they're selling, but also a why of why they're buying. And we want to keep the celebration in it and remove kind of the frustration. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think that that's, to be critical, man, because I mean, at some point you could have a thousand to five thousand listings on there. Hopefully, it could get really daunting for somebody. I, I don't even know that I've asked you this question. I, I just made the assumption, but I have to believe there's some sort of AI that's also going to be baked into this down the road if it's not already where when new slices come up, it's going to automatically cross-reference that to the buyer profiles of people who have conducted transactions so that maybe Maybe they get the drop when a new slice hits before other people based on history. Maybe maybe there's a premium membership that they pay a little more to get the drop. Maybe there's a loyalty program where they get points based on transactions and you reward people for doing more. I don't know. I'm basically sitting here. We're brainstorming now on, yeah. on the podcast. Well, but I mean, I, I do have to believe that, if you know, for those people who use the platform and, and do so on a regular basis, that there's benefit there that, you know, they're going to be given as a result of that. Right. Yeah. So my co-founder was the head of data and algorithms at our previous company. Right. And is, is right, come over a thing or two. Yeah, knows a thing or two, uh, and and has uh, you know where where he's already made an impact is the book valuation and and that's machine learning powered, but then the recommendations that you're talking about the matching scores right like that will absolutely 
have some machine learning beef behind it. But then also I view it like similar to like Google. I think it, you know, as a company, it's uh, it can be frustrating sometimes on, on Google, especially one that's starting out early, is that you can't just do keyword matching, right? You can't just do like keyword jargon on the page all the way down because ultimately Google has two customers. They have the, the, the company and they have the search E, the searcher, right? And similarly, we have two customers. We have the seller and the buyer. And so those buyers you were talking about, you know, if we can verify that you've done a transaction, um, if we can quantify a little bit of the um, the esoteric, the the spiritual side of like how you handled yourself in that transaction, right? And and was it a, a good transaction for the seller and yourself? Um, do you have verified funding, or are you just kind of like throwing a dart at the wall, right? Like those types of variables on the buy side, we want to match sellers with people that are for real. And similarly for the buyers, we want to bring them slices that make sense for their book, even if it's stuff that they haven't thought of, right? Like I think eventually in that world that you're talking about, we'll want to have access to the buyer's book of business, right? And like their portfolio, because then we can say, hey, this thing came on and it makes a ton of sense for you to look at it. And, you know, giving them that that kind of strategic analysis of the slices that are available or the books that are available and how it would fit with their book. Um, and, you know, kind of putting like a almost like an NBA trade, uh, you know, mock trade analyzer uh, on the platform for them for the, so that they could model, you know, what does my team look like with Kevin Durant in it, right? Well, what is my what does my portfolio look like? What does my book look like with that slice in it? Um, those are the types of business intelligence tools that, uh, you know, will, will very or fairly quickly be at the fingertips for, for our buyers. I'm excited, man. I just think this is something, you know, we, we all have the different things you can follow on Twitter or LinkedIn. There's the agency equity email that comes in every day, mm-hmm. but the industry definitely has needed something that's dynamic, real time something that gives people a reason to go check it every day, you know, and get more logins. I mean, I'm kind of pumped to see what that data looks like, you know, after, you know, cake's been around for a while, you know, what's the average number of logins per day, per week, per month or whatever from these people. And then see the correlation to from between that and what they're buying and the average size and the number of transactions. I mean, all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, imagine a world where there's a, a, insurance book Zillow, right? And you can yeah. go on and check the value of yours compared to those in your neighborhood, right? Or those that uh that match the the uh the Crazy metrics man. you have, right? Like that that's the type of like this is your biggest asset, right? And so being able to understand the value of that thing and then also the the variables that impact that, um, you know, outside of the magic moment of, of a successful transaction, giving back that business intelligence, right? Like that's a magic moment for me. So what have we missed, man? Yeah, I think um, not much. So, I mean, the platform's live, come on and create an account, right? Uh, if you do, you're going to hear from, from me and, and my, my buddy, my customer success manager day very, very quickly. And, you know, if you're interested in, in selling something, right, uh, create a slice or uh, you can you can schedule some time with us to dive into carrier report, book report, right? We can help kind of, uh, we can help you the, in the way that you want to think about it. Also, the valuation tool is up there. It's free. Uh, you just have to create an account and, and check it out. Um, and then if you're looking to buy, we have slices on the platform right now. I think, you know, like I said, getting seller's trust and and gaining the 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 momentum there you know you're going to see more and more uh sellers come on over the next two months um but yeah i mean we're we're already got really good early traction uh, last week was our official launch and uh we have over 500 wow. members on the platform right now and so this is uh early you know you you'll see like an early bump just from being the new kid on the block but we think that we're gonna, um, you know, pretty quickly gain some momentum, and a lot of that's key to to folks like you guys giving me um, some airtime and and some advice. You know, Dave, you've been you've been instrumental in uh, just how I'm thinking about this thing, and so excited to to build it 
with you and, and with some of the other folks that are in the boat rowing with me. Sweet. Well, what I heard was you need at least 500 more people to register yeah. after this <laughs> podcast drops. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody else heard that or not, but with the number of people who listen to this podcast and download it every month, that's a that should be a drop in the bucket. Here's what I'm going to tell you, people. This isn't going away. Cake's, prob- Cake's the first, probably not going to be the last. Other people are going to figure out this works and they're going to try and copy us, but they're not going to, they're not going to cut it. So here's what I would recommend. If you want to be part of the wild ride, go sign up on cake. As soon as you listen to this podcast and just pay attention to what happens, see what's being listed, seeing what's being bought, see what's being sold. And you never know what it might prompt you to do or what idea it may give to you for your own agency. That's going to change your game. I think there's a lot of opportunity to increase revenue. I think there's a great opportunity to increase profitability and you can do it almost instantaneously. And, you know, when you look at how the agencies that have grown the most substantially have grown, it's very, very rarely a hundred percent organic. Yeah. I think every agency works their tail off and they organically grow to a point where they need to get an injection. And the next logical step is acquisition. I don't think that we any of us understands exactly how much impact an acquisition has immediately on your revenue in in your in how your agency runs until you do the first one. Then when you do the first one it's like oh crap. It's kind of probably like running a marathon. It yeah. sucks, you know, you you train for it, you get through it, you hurt for a couple of days, it's like all right, when's the next one? Let me go figure out where I'm going. And I think it's probably a lot the same way. I think that, that buying and selling books of business could be very addictive. Look, buying and selling is where everybody goes, man. It's the first thing we go to do, right? My oldest son buys and sells crap on the internet. You know, he sells sells sneakers. He sells Lego sets. Swords. Like any anything to turn a buck, man. Anything to turn swords? a dollar. I don't know. I'm just yeah. around. Oh, okay. I thought you were selling I mean, a sword. I was like, man, I'm possibly. Check out. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I just think I think it's it's a really cool idea. I think that you guys, you know, are are coming in at exactly the right time, in my opinion. I feel like if you came in last year, it would have been too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was still enough of the institutional money beatdown going on that that you probably just wouldn't have had enough interest for people to check it out. And now you do. So, you know, people, Adam, tell them where to go, man. Where do they yeah. go to, to sign up? www.haveyourcake.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn backslash Adam Bow. Um, but yeah, www.haveyourcake.com. Uh, you register and create an account there and we will be in touch uh, very, very quickly. We're excited to have you. Cool. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, he is and will forever be Adam Bow, co-founder, CEO of Cake. People, you can have your cake and eat it too. You just got to go sign up for an account. I'm going to be sitting here working on corny marketing slogans the rest of the we time. Actually, In the meantime, as Marie, yeah, is Marie, oh, you do great because yeah. Maria, as Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake, people. Let them <laughs> eat cake. I'm out. Adam, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate you spending some time with us. Keep me posted as to how many of those 500 have signed up because I'm going to berate the internet until we hit the number. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Talk to y'all soon. Take care. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.